that's intended to explore our place in nature's kingdom and discover new ways to connect to self, surroundings, and society. I'm your host, Jeremy Tackett. So nine, number nine. So many things are coming up for me. And that's, you know, current events and uh, what's happening in my family, uh, arts and agriculture. All of the things that are happening uh, on the farm, forest floor farms, and it's a lot. It can be overwhelming. It can um, be daunting and scary. Uh, but more than anything, it's it's terribly exciting. Um, you know this life in agriculture is an endless adventure of uh, wonder and wandering, uh, gathering skills, knowledge, activating some inkling of wisdom that some other brave soul has passed on to you, and uh, hopefully nourishing yourself and others um, in a process of constant growth. What's a big theme in my mind the, the last couple weeks since hearing about the, um, the storm in Texas with so many people caught off guard and, you know, when, when that kind of uh, tragedy hits us nowadays there seems to be a group of people that everyone is is referencing like, oh, they were ready, that group. And uh, that group's the, the preppers, um, you know, and whether it was with the, the pandemic, with, uh, you know, bunkers with air filtration systems and 
food for years and all the all the masks that money could buy and toilet paper medicine and I'm sure with the storm down in Texas from you know fuel generators uh, wood stoves wood piles uh, proper skills or work ethic and that's a huge thing in my life right now today it's preparation uh, constant proper preparation always be growing sometimes Making the medicine is the medicine. Process over product. Right now, for the first time, pardon me, since moving back to New England, our farm is selling CSA shares. And community shared agriculture is a uh, is a big undertaking uh, for all parties involved. Um, some people have a hard time just going to the farm or pickup location every week to pick up their share, let alone the, the discipline or needs that need to be maintained and regularly serviced and activated in order to bring all of that produce to fruition. For there to be a product after the process. And that insurance comes through, I believe, constant preparation and thinking about playful and witty titles of, of this episode and trying to provide some sort of vessel for me to fill, you know, it's um, constant preparation. The living preparation. Dude, do you even prep? <laughs> And um, being the preparation. Oh, and I like that because it's um, Dagummit, it, it makes you it can make you feel like MacGyver, you know? Like you are connected to everything around you and your environment, and you know everything's place, capability. What's up, Argus? My my lovely canine companion just just joined me. But it seems like you have uh, endless uh, tentacles, arms, connections. When you can invoke that kind of uh, you know power or skill, I mean. To use MacGyver as a verb is a, is a, is a fun thing. Um, 
you know, it's it's uh, to to fix something in an unusual, customized yet efficient way. Um, and that preparation, that act that can be activated on the farm in a variety of ways. But as far as the living preparation, always gathering, always observing, always um, compiling data, always gathering knowledge, always paying attention, broadcasting your awareness, taking it all in, taking stock of what nature provides and what you have, making the most with what you have how to use it all to its mo- in the most efficient way, how to maximize byproducts out of each action. There's this two sides of this coin of like honor and exploitation that happens simultaneously in, in balance. And it's a, real, it's a real puzzling perspective, but it seems one, it seems to be a, real, a really beautiful one. Um, one where you really have an opportunity to not only cherish the organism but the connection to it um, and especially because it's it can be prolonged and sustainable um, like the heirloom carrots I'll be planting soon um, hopefully they're the variety or one of two of the varieties are worthy to be like the forest floor farms CSA variety. And hopefully we can hone in on that, on that process and save the seeds of that variety to continue to provide those to our shareholders, to the community at large. And by investing on on that connection, on that relationship, we also get to know the specific uh, pest pressures that come up and diseases um, due to that variety's relationship with the organism, with nature as a whole. And, and that's exciting. And right now there's endless sorts of connections like that and systems that I'm personally preparing myself for um and and gee golly is it a is it a is it a big one it's one of it's it's the largest uh painting project this agricultural living organism system that not only will i be of the helm at um, with full responsibility, um, without like a team provided, you know, without like a whole bunch of tools and, you know, systems provided, infrastructure provided. These are things that we've, that we've made. We formed the deals. We, uh, have begun transforming the land, implementing, uh, boundaries and containment systems and, uh, throughways where the compost yard is and where the 
uh, chicken coop and egg production is going to be. If we're going to have dairy animals. All of these different systems have different steps and levels of, of preparation, of needs. And like with all things, with, with animal husbandry, with agriculture, uh, the sky's the limit. Uh, choose your own adventure. You can go as deep, as shallow, as narrow, as wide as you can imagine. It can be so rich, so fulfilling. And the skills and byproducts that you can acquire in forming these connections or these curiosities seem to be priceless. Because like something that I said in, in the past po uh, past podcast of, of living relationships and living connections. These things have have maximum returns. These everyday products, organisms, plants, animals, minerals, fungi, they become precious because of what they have to offer. What the dandelion offers to the bee at the beginning of the season. Some of those those first tastes of, of, of nectar or pollen. And it will offer me its, its blossom for a preparation as well. And its leaves as a vegetable. And its root as a supplement. And as a tool to break up compacted soils, as a companion. In the oak tree, littered up on top of the hillside, will provide nuts and seeds, sustainable saplings for, for trees to be sold or shared, food stock for the wildlife, leaves as a biomass or litter, mulch, compost material, but that precious bark that I'll also use in a biodynamic preparation. Acknowledging the mineral compounds locked inside and releasing them. And then applying them 
to additional preparations. Those preparations are as exciting and challenging in different ways, but also in similar ones, as preparing for not only the birthing of the kids, the goat kids, but the constant milking and the constant massaging of the udder or the udders. Two, if not three, are pregnant. We will milk, as a family, we'll milk the goats three times a day, ensuring that the kids have significant access throughout all periods of the day and night, but also get first right of the milk that's was formed for them. But we'll milk or massage aggressively in the first couple months, making sure that there's none left in the udder, that mastitis doesn't form. And that preparation can take place in a variety of ways and forms and budgets, <laughs> techniques, technology, yeah? So there's nothing wrong with uh, pumps. Um, you know, not, not all tools are created equally or used the same. Um, I've never used them on a regular basis. Um, but I imagine with proper care that not all of them would uh, chafe uh, the teats in the udder. With proper care, uh, salves and balms could continue to be applied. And in reality, for a lot of people, they could ensure that um, maximum extraction occurs to avoid mastitis. Um, and that's paramount, right? Because the animal's health should be of higher regard than, you know, your milk sales or your personal milk consumption. Um, however, I'm personally looking forward to drinking no less than a quart, hopefully a half gallon a day. Um, because part of my preparation and process for milking isn't um, saving up the money or buying a, a, a pumping station or machine. Um, but doing farmer carries and uh, throughout the winter doing increased amount of uh, exercises for grip strength and uh, forearm strength. Uh, because at the end of the day, I know that I can rely on, um, to some degree, <laughs> um, uh, my own ability and my will, discipline, determination. Um, and I really like the hands-on technique. Um, and I also like the idea of not milking more than three goats 
three times a day. Um, and my wife plans on doing the midday milking, you know? So with that being said, um, I think I can maintain that, enjoy that, and appreciate the hands-on, um, what the hands-on technique provides as far as information gathering, uh, compiling that data, and having con continuing to feed that living relationship with the goats. Um, and when taking such a, a precious resource, using such a precious resource, I, I definitely think that it's, um, it, it's useful to invest that extra attention. And I don't plan on ever operating a, a, a dairy or a creamery. I would like to get a dairy cow in the next couple years. Um, I love milk. Constant preparation. You know, being March 1st, selling the CSA shares, there's, you know, preparing, um, you know, standard operating procedures for administration work, um, for compiling information, organizing information, uh, responses, newsletters, all of that stuff. Um, but the preparation in walking the land, square footage, spacing, um, especially with these first years, room to harvest, logistics, you know, going in and out with a wheelbarrow or a whole bunch of uh, harvesting containers, baskets or totes, um, you know, the washing and packing station, all of these different logistics, all of these different things to prepare for. Um, the diversity of planting, the diversity of successive planting, um, being able to foresee the needs of these different organisms, these different crops from beginning to end, from uh, seed treatment or germination times to uh, different diseases and pest pressures that they're known for to what's to what your area is known for. All of these different questions can be formed to help guide and support our preparation, to help us be that, that living preparation, to be the preparation. And I think in order to achieve this, or to come close to achieving it, because I think it's, a, I think it's a, similar to process over product, it's something that can't quite be achieved. It's something that you're constantly, um, a skill that you're constantly honing because everything is constantly changing because in this practice, in this perspective, in this approach, we acknowledge that life is interconnected. We acknowledge that we don't have control over all of these things. It's not gonna be a monocrop and it's not gonna be 
uh, herbicide pesticide spray schedule. There is preparation. I don't want to make light of those workers. But the prep lists are different. They have to have different safety prep lists. They have to go get licenses to make sure that they're gonna understand the proper safety protocols for the pesticide and herbicides that they're about to use. The conventional synthetic sprays. and the drifting of said sprays and the exposure and the protocols on shutting down the spray areas and washing off their equipment in the appropriate manner. And if they get it on their skin or on their clothes, that they should wash it differently and in a separate machine or a separate laundry load. Different prep lists, but they're still preparing. And those people are working to grow us food right now. But I'm uh, super excited that that's not my prep list this year. And for pest pressure, I'm thinking, okay, stinging nettle tea two times a week. I'm making it and applying it two times a week. Enough said. I'm growing a good amount of tobacco to also make as not only sprays, but also as trap plants and companion plants. I'm planting 10 times as much dill and marigold as companion plants. I'm investing a lot more attention and energy into where I'm going to be placing my perennial herbs. And I'm reminding myself where I'm going to plant my offering at the perimeter. And that all beings have a place and that I don't wish to eradicate anything. But I am drawing lines and I am forming boundaries and I am giving specific spaces starting off on this five acre track priority. Well, you plants, you tender greens and herbs and flowers and fruits and vegetables, you have the priority in this space. And chickens, you get the priority in this space and goats. Here we got some overlapping common spaces. And on the perimeter, well, a lot more of the native species will be not only um, supported, but cultivated. And there can be an offering, whether it's broom corn or or rye or the glass gym corn we just want to try to grow for for seed 
And then there can be something abrupt, like castor and tobacco. And going back to natives and invasives, I think it would serve us all if we could develop or think about a way to value these invasives and to make sure that in our open spaces, in our preserved open spaces, that those invasives do not exist or cross that line. I think that's, I think that's important. But I look at what's an, in, an invasive and I also look at it as being sold on an air, organic heirloom, you know, uh, seed source, plant site. You know, there's, there's permaculturists planting these things all over. And some of them have, they don't all have shared valued systems. Like all agriculturists aren't uh, equipment operators. Who knew? Some permaculturists only want to plant the native fruits, vegetables, cereal crops that are in their area, that are in their country. And some are like, oh, I'll take some goji. I'll put some goji in my backyard. I'll put some sea berry in my backyard. And I guess the issue comes up is when they when they cross that line and when they be, when they start increasing pressure on our habitat or their habitat wildlife's habitat native habitat i think the breakdown becomes this association with whose it is. There's like this ownership. But we don't all have the same value system. I think within regenerative agriculture, there's a variety of overlap, not only in the preparation methods, but in the values and in the application methods. Anywho. all the different things to prepare for. You would think that with spring, constant birth, constant life, but many farmers will be catapulted into the realm of death rather quickly this season. We'll have losses from seedlings, to perennials, shrubs, and trees. Losses from newborn chicks, keats, kids, calves, or their mature mothers. This lifestyle, this career, 
They don't come without their losses. They're as constant, I think, as the gains in some way, or the setbacks. It's part of the process. It's part of nature. Sometimes it's subtle, and it's just a cold snap, or a big wind. Sometimes it's harsh, and it's a blizzard, and you lose several hoop houses. Or animals. Whether it's conventional agriculture or biodynamics, horn manure, cow, cow horns, barrel or pit composts, sprays, stirring, practicing your observation, applying the compost, whether you're harvesting indigenous microorganisms, learning Korean natural farming, getting into alchemy and retorts and getting into uh, bone char, biochar, forming the structure for microbial life in your own humus formation, whether it's in your yard forest or farm. These preparations can be endless in agriculture. In living agriculture, these prep lists can be endless in any living practice, in any in anything where we're mindfully trying to raise our awareness, trying to hone this skill. So that when something offers itself, we know how to use it, how to honor it. How to let the world know that it too has a place. And we can provide that example through our preparations. Even in a walking meditation while doing a farmer carry and getting the neighbors to interesting ideas. March 1st, everyone. Happy planting. Happy preparing. Always be growing. Take care.